Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Today is the first day of fall. You'll be listening to this the next day. It doesn't feel too much like fall for us here in Tennessee, but fall is here. Me, I feel like fall's been here because football has started and it's been going on for several weeks. So fall is here. It means the weather should be getting a little bit cooler, a little bit nicer, and you should be getting out and working your dogs more. There's no excuse not to get your dogs out in public and train them and teach them and get them stimulated and teach them that they can be a part of your world as long as they learn the manners that you need to teach. So today, I want to talk about really a training technique. I want to talk about classical conditioning. Now, I'm going to get a little, little bit nerdy on this. As most of you probably know, if you know me, I'm not big on the whole scientific side of things as far as using scientific terms and such to explain behavior to clients or explain techniques to clients because I just think that we don't need it. If, if we can just make it in layman's terms, I think it's a lot easier and people can get it and they're not overwhelmed. But today I am going to get just a little bit nerdy on you and talk a little bit about uh, some different scientific ways of training. So we actually use classical conditioning on a regular basis. We also use operant conditioning and counter conditioning. So classical conditioning, basically classical conditioning is a learning process that occurs through associations. Uh, basically you're taking a stimulus and you're associating something with it. And it can happen as a positive conditioning or it can happen as a negative conditioning. So you could have positive associations and negative associations. Now we use all the techniques, uh, but classical conditioning, um, also known kind of as Pavlovian, uh, is something that we use quite a bit because it's 
it's something we can really take advantage of. Now, I'm going to explain to you what it is and how it works so that you can use it with some of your training um, at home. And probably the one that we're going to really focus on today is the doorbell. I have a lot of people that have problems with their dog and the doorbell. And I'm going to talk to you about how we can change your dog's association with the doorbell. So let's first start talking about kind of the first stage of uh, basically what's taking place before conditioning takes place. Basically in the stage one, there's an unconditioned stimulus. We'll take the doorbell and there's an unconditioned response. So well, let's take your, your puppy, your brand new puppy is home and the puppy hears the doorbell, but doesn't know anything about it, right? So this doorbell right now is an unconditioned stimulus. It doesn't stimulate the dog to do anything. So therefore we can really start to teach the dog that it can mean positive things. So this is where people start to get in trouble. They get a puppy, uh, the puppy is hanging out, somebody rings the doorbell, the owner immediately gets up and goes to the door, usually the puppy will follow, you open the door and something happens. So maybe it's somebody coming over to say hi to the puppy and somebody walks in the door and they're playing with the puppy and they're all excited and the puppy's excited and the puppy's jumping and everything is wonderful. So that's that first kind of conditioning that you are putting on the puppy. Second, third, fourth time, doorbell rings, the same process happens. So then what ends up being is the doorbell is now conditioned and the dog has learned that when the doorbell rings, that something really exciting is going to happen. Therefore, the dog runs to the door barking, jumping all over it, and just cannot stand waiting for you to open it. So basically, we start with an unconditioned stimulus and an unconditioned response, and we teach the dog by the behavior that we exhibit during these. And also, not only by our behavior, but what are we associating? Are we associating positive things? So really the example today with this doorbell is we're going to use it, assuming your dog sees the doorbell as something fun and good, not something fearful. If we have a dog that is fearful of something, then we would be doing classical counter conditioning and not just conditioning. So conditioning happens when the dog has basically zero association with something. And if you've ever used the clicker, the clicker means nothing to a dog until you condition it. And so the clicker begins as an unconditioned stimuli that creates an unconditioned response, which is really nothing. So uh, what we do is we teach the dog that the clicker means good things happen. So it's the same thing we can do with a doorbell. It's the same thing we do with our verbal marker. We make our verbal marker very powerful. We associate good things with our verbal marker so that the dog really pays attention to the verbal marker. So how can you use conditioning with the doorbell? Well, you can start out teaching the dog that a stimulus that has been conditioned, uh, so we're going to take the doorbell and associate it with something really wonderful. Let's say that we're going to associate it with just some yummy uh, lamb lung treats. Okay, so what you would do is you'd basically take a handful of lamb lung treats. You'd want to make them up as small as possible. And you would basically ring the doorbell, and then you would throw down a few treats and let the dog scavenger for them. 
scavenge, not scavenger, scavenge for them. And you'd wait a few seconds, ring the doorbell, do it again. Wait a few seconds, ring the doorbell and do it again. Now you'd want to do this before the dog has an association with the doorbell. So you can start this with your puppy. And you're thinking, well, that's great, but I have a four-year-old dog who barks every time the doorbell rings, even if it's on TV. You can still do this with your older dog. The difference is you would reward the dog regardless of whatever conditioned response the dog had. So if the dog hears the doorbell and immediately starts barking, you would still treat the dog. So it's basically doorbell treat, doorbell treat, doorbell treat, doorbell treat. And you do this so many times the dog will stop barking when it hears the doorbell because it's too busy looking for the treat. Now I did this real similar similar whenever I had my facility. I had a storefront, I also had daycare, and so I had packages being delivered all the time. Well, I also always took my two Rottweilers to work, and they didn't always play in daycare. They would just hang out in the store with me. So every time UPS would show up, they'd pull up, and they would start barking like crazy, and our little UPS lady was not fond of them. She knew that they were not mean because she was also our delivery person at our home, uh, so she was very sweet about it, but they would always bombard her at the door and uh, put them together. They weighed more than she did, and she was a little short. And so what I started doing is when I would hear UPS pull up and honk, I would call the dogs to me. They had a great recall, so they would come running to me. I would give them a treat, uh, and she would drop the package off and leave. And I did this for maybe four or five days, and one day... Uh, the dogs came running to me, stared at me in kind of a creepy way, and I had no idea what they were doing. I had no idea what they wanted, and all of a sudden, the door opened, and I heard UPS call out. I rewarded the dogs like crazy. Now, what ended up happening is it was a different UPS driver. They did not pull up and honk the horn, so whereas I would hear the horn, I would call them to me, so the horn became the conditioned stimulus. However, just how conditioning works, the dogs learn that the sound of the UPS truck always came before the horn, and then I would call them. So when they heard the UPS truck and saw the UPS truck, they didn't wait for the horn because they knew what was going to happen. They came running to me, gave them their reward, and we never had a problem with the UPS truck anymore. Now, I had an advantage because I was home whenever I would do that. And so... I'm not home, excuse me, I was at work. You know, it, a lot of you uh, people work, and you, you're not at home, so you can't really condition the UPS truck that way, but you can do the doorbell. And if you start with the doorbell, it's a really good start, because if you do have UPS pull up, the dogs may bark, but if they know that the doorbell is going to happen, then it basically will begin, they'll start to associate the UPS truck, that the doorbell is going to ring, that they're going to get treats. So then the UPS truck actually becomes the conditioned stimulus. You know, it's real similar to, let's take cats for an example. If you feed your cats canned food, and let's say that you keep the canned food in a cupboard, you go to the cupboard, you open it, you get the canned food, you pop the top, you put it on the plate, cat eats its food. After a couple of days of that, 
Uh, if the cat's not there, when he hears the pop of the top, the cat's going to come running. After a few days of that, several days of that, when he hears the cabinet door close, the cat's going to come running. After many days of that, when the cat hears the cabinet door open, the cabinet door, I mean, the cat will come running. So you see how each step in the process can be conditioned. You will start with that last step, condition that, and then things will just start to back up from there. And it's a great way to teach dogs that when they see things like people or dogs or hear the doorbell, that good things happen for them. And, you know, if you have a dog who's afraid, then what we do is counter conditioning and we're changing the emotion. But if you have a dog who is just wanting to, uh, you know, bark at the door because of excitement, you can still change that behavior, not the emotion because the dog is just excited and we don't want to change the excitement. We just want to change the behavior of when the doorbell happens, good things happen, treats happen. And you don't have to go outside and do this. You can actually just find a, a ringtone on your phone or go through YouTube and find a doorbell. And your dogs will more than likely hit off of that. If not, find you a friend, um, have a family member go out and ring it. The thing is you want to make sure that you don't ring it, treat, ring it, treat, ring it, treat, ring it, treat. Ring it, treat. Wait 10, 15 seconds, ring again, treat. Because we want the dog to understand that when there is no doorbell, there are no treats. That the doorbell is the key to getting the treats. Now this is just one example where you can use conditioning. Okay, so, um, you know, you'll want to set it up, be prepared, because if you're dog is hearing the, the response, or excuse me, the stimulus, and you're not there to elicit a good response, then the dog is not going to understand what you're having. So when you're working on it, you could work on it for a day or two, maybe, you know, tape off your door um, ringer so nobody is ringing it, and that way you can just condition it. Otherwise, you can still do it, it's just going to take some time. So, you know, with basic conditioning. You just want to do it over and over and over again. Now, when we condition our verbal marker, we actually only do about 10 or 12 times in about 30 to 45 second process. And then we just start using it on a regular basis. And we use good boy, good girl. And so what we'll do is sit down and say good boy and treat. Good boy, treat. Good boy, treat. Good boy, treat. Good boy, treat. Right? So we would do this 10 to 12 times, 30 to 45 seconds. And then we would use good boy throughout the day. And we use it in three ways. We use good boy by itself, good boy with a pet, good boy with a resource. So once we kind of condition the good boy, we then just use it intermittently. And we use it, well, we intermittently reward with the highest reward, highest resource, which would be food. Um, or, you know, a dog may like a ball. It can be really any resource. A ball, a toy, a leash. Uh, could be going to see somebody, go to play with another dog, um, anything like that. It's just about all it is is about conditioning some type of stimulus with whatever response you want and rewarding the dog. And, and if you go back and read Pavlov, you know you'll you'll know about the biggest example, which is um, the uh, salivating dog. And basically, 
it's real similar to what I just explained with the cat. Uh, See, so it's taking that unconditioned stimulus and, um, you know, pairing it up with something. So he would ring the bell, he would give the food. And he would do this over and over again to where it got to the point where the dog would hear the bell, knew the food was coming, and would again begin to salivate. And so the bell became conditioned to the dog. And, and it really is it really is a fairly simple concept and it's a simple process. And I don't think people use it as much as they, they should or could. I think that the majority of people are, are needing to use more of operant conditioning or counter conditioning just because we don't start that training off to start with. We always want to wait until we have a problem before we fix it. So nobody thinks about why does my dog bark at the door? Well, it's simple because every time, you know, somebody knocks or rings a doorbell, they've associated something good is happening or something maybe even scary is happening, whatever the case may be. And you get up, you go to the door. And so in their mind, barking and all that works. But if you just go ahead and start teaching the dog as a puppy that, you know, when somebody rings the doorbell, you do not just run to the door. Maybe there's a treat. Maybe you put the dog on a bed. Maybe you um, just wait until the dog's calm and calmly walk to the door. I mean, there are different things that you can do. The, the biggest is know what you want when somebody rings your door or knocks on your door. You know, what do you want? Do you want your dog to bark like crazy or do you want your dog to bark in a controlled fashion? I personally am all about a controlled fashion. I don't mind the barking. I don't want to take that away, but it needs to be controlled. Okay, then what do I want the dog to do when somebody is at the door and they can physically see them? Well, I like to create space. And then I want my dogs to know you don't greet unless we give permission. Okay, so these are things that you can work on, but you can always start with just a very simple process of conditioning the doorbell with good things like treats. And you'll start to find that when the dog hears the doorbell, he's going to start looking for those treats if you do it correctly. And if you need more help with greeting guests for the door, we have a video on our website called Greeting Guest, and it shows me working with a family of three dogs. I work with them individually, and then I put them together. And it's that process of teaching them the behavior I want. Now, it's not uh, conditioning. I'm not teaching them that the doorbell means treats. But I am teaching them how to greet guests at the door. So think about it. And if you need a little more explanation, I probably didn't do a phenomenal job at explaining this. Because like I said, I'm not really into the whole scientific terms and, and speaking scientifically. Um, I talk more layman terms. So I hope I explain this okay with you. Um, I think that the majority of people understand Pavlov and understand the, the concept. I just think that we forget that we can use it to our advantage. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of not doing that with puppies uh, whenever I'm working with puppies. And it's something that we're probably going to start adding in to our puppy training. To something like doorbell means good things. So, you know, and it could be that even with your puppies, you could ring the doorbell and then feed them their meal at mealtime. You don't have to just do it with treats. And you'll find that if you do that enough, when the door, dog hears the doorbell, he'll run to his feeding spot. So try it. Try it with some different things. Uh, tell me what you think. And um, shoot me an email. Like us on Facebook. Send us a message. Let us know. Let us know how you have used conditioning to teach your dog. 
And, you know, you can do some research online. They, there's, you just look up Pavlov, classical conditioning, you'll find plenty of information on it. And maybe you can read it better than you can understand me. I'm a little under the weather today, so I'm probably not as clear as I typically am. I like to think that I'm fairly clear in explaining things. But uh, thanks for your patience today and listening. And get out and try it. And, and see how it works for you. And, you, and like I said, you don't have to use tons of treats. Just I like to do just a very small handful um, where I might take one piece of treat and break it up into crumbs and just throw that down on the floor when the doorbell happens. That way the dog is spending that time looking for the food and eating the food off the ground and scavenging for that. And, you know, they enjoy that. So that's something that you can do as well. You don't have to feed them from hand. You can literally ring the doorbell and throw the treats. And you can even stand with the door open. And I promise you the dog will see you standing there, ring the doorbell, and they're still going to bark. Why? Because they're already conditioned to do that. That's a conditioned stimulus with a conditioned response. So we want to change the response, ring the doorbell, throw down treats. So go out and try it. Let me know how it works. Maybe I'll do a video because you know we have a new puppy. She's not a huge barker. So it might be a good idea to go ahead and start that process with her. And uh, so I don't wait until we have a problem. I'll go ahead and do that with her. Maybe I can get a video put together. And we'll see. We're going to try to get some more videos this um, winter because that's a little bit of a slower time for us. So it gives us an opportunity to get the video camera out and put some new things together for you guys. And again, if you have ideas, you know, and you want to see something or you want me to talk about something, shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. I'll be happy to uh, take any recommendations of topics or videos that you'd like to see and see what we can do with those because I'm here to teach you guys. I want you guys to learn. I want you to be excited about learning. I want you to get out and work with your dogs. Okay, let's stop making excuses. Let's get out and work with these dogs. Teach them what they need to know so that they can really enjoy uh, the benefit of being with the family and, and being a part of the family. There's just no excuse. There's plenty of opportunities. There's affordable ways to do it. Um, get out and work with your dogs, all right? So if you need help, reach out to us. Our group classes, private training. We have online information. We have online classes and courses. So get out there, work with your dog, educate yourself. And I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful first week of fall. And I hope that you're getting some fall weather. And I'm hoping that we'll get a little bit more. And I hope you're enjoying football season and all the great things that happen with that if you're a football fan. If not, well, I'm sorry. But hey, hockey is just right around the corner. So, all right, guys, have a great and wonderful week. Dog Speak Geeks, and I will see you soon.